0: It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the Word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the Word.
1: Come on, let's begin. Come on, Come on, let's begin. Come on, let's begin. Come Come on, let's begin. Come on, let's begin. Come the mando caralando robos
0: Father, we thank you for what is about to happen tonight. Wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Somebody thank him already for what is about to happen tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For what is about to happen tonight, Father, we give you thanks. We give you honor and glory. We exalt you tonight in Jesus' mighty name. James chapter 1, verses 5. James chapter 1, verses 5. I am following up on a commitment that I made. James chapter 1, praise God, verse 5. I am making good, and I repeat again, I am making good on a promise that I made with certain people to share a certain direction of this. And those who are there, probably, it could be a hundred or less, they will relate. Uh, when a certain conference I committed to share something around a certain area tonight I'm going to touch and I have to fulfill almost everything that I committed to To to, to share. Hallelujah. The Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given to him. If you lack wisdom, what do you do? Let me ask again. If you lack wisdom, what do you do? You ask. Hallelujah. So the Bible says the next verse, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that waveth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Hallelujah. And the next verse says, for let not let that man or let not that man think that he shall receive anything from God. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say Amen. I want to begin from there, but of course, I'm going to go places many of you didn't expect to the glory of God. When the Bible says, if any lack wisdom, let him ask. For God give us to him, uh, whoever asks liberally and abraded not, and it shall be given to him. God answers liberally. Praise the Lord. When you ask of God, he intends to give you more than you expect to receive. Never expect to receive a token of the same degree of how much you've asked. Always expect that you receive more than you asked. Somebody say amen. That already excites my spirit. Generously, he gives. Give me Amplified of the same. He says that if any man lack of wisdom, uh-huh, he says, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding and it will be given to him. God does not give you, with you, him saying, uh, uh, by the way, I should have given but I have an issue with you by the way. Remember, you abused your cousin last week. That's how men sing. That's not how God thinks. Hallelujah. Give me the message version of the same. He says, if any of you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help. Praise the Lord. And you won't be condescended to when you ask for it. God is not like some human beings. You go to ask a human being, Ah, don't even talk to me. You annoyed me last week. Why even asking? You, you see? Tell your neighbor God is not like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. He gives without grudging. He gives liberally. Do you know what it means to know that you're going to a God who is going to give you more? Hallelujah. Do you know what it means to, to know that you're going to a God who is going to give you more than you expected? Hey! Praise God. Isn't he wonderful? But how are we told? That when you ask of God, he first puts you in a certain picture. And then he says, huh, did you fast last week? Ah, oh, you didn't fast. You, I'm going to give you a little. You, how many times you fast? 40 days. Uh-huh. You have a pause. You understand? You, uh-huh. did, you, did you talk well to your cousin? No, you didn't. You didn't. Okay. You didn't. Will you do it again? Okay, let me give you a little because I'm testing you to make sure next. And I told you one time the problem. Many people subject God's grace to their graces. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They subject God's grace to their graces graces because they are as graceful to a certain degree. They think also God is as graceful as to their degree. Hallelujah. Far from it. God is faithful. He's slow to anger and rich in mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he says, ask liberally. Now, remove wisdom and put anything. 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 He will give you liberally as you ask. Praise the Lord. He does not grudgingly hold back. He does not complain about giving you much. He just gives. But the Bible says, but when you ask, you must ask in faith. Hallelujah. Nothing wavering. Nothing wavering. No hesitation of spirit to say, ah. It seems he might not give me. No, he says nothing wavering. Give me the amplified of that verse too. Hallelujah. He says, Only it must be in faith, he that asks with no wavering. He says, You don't hesitate, you don't doubt. For the one who weavers hesitates, doubts, is like the billowing surge out of a sea that is blown hither and hither and thither and is tossed by the wind. Hallelujah. So when you choose to ask God, you don't doubt. You don't, you don't, you don't surge. Hallelujah. You don't hesitate. You don't go in and out. No, you, you believe God without what? Wavering. Now, he goes down later on and then he starts to explain about a double minded man. And he says, And that man should not expect to receive anything from God. And people we'll say, What is double mindedness? It's what I came to talk about. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The central and primary blessing of the human mind is thinking. Praise the Lord. And human beings think in images. That is why you have imagination. Men which are not born again carry imagination. Men which are spiritual too carry imagination. But the results of men which are not born again and the results of men which are born again in the mind of imagination is different, should be different, ought to be different. I'm going to explain why. One time when I was in school of ministries, you we were there, you remember I was talking about the gates of imagination. Hallelujah. We all have imagination. You all have imagination. The only difference between the men in the world and how they imagine is that there is a, there is a place because of the flesh and the carnal uh, affiliations or oscillations. Many of them tend to incline to vanity in imagination. They imagine nothingness in their imagination. The difference between a man who imagines nothingness, vanity and vexation of things from the Christian is because when we become born again, the Bible is very clear. We are sanctified by the spirit unto obedience. Right? The difference between the man of the world and the man of the spirit is that we have a a sanctified imagination. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a sanctified imagination. It is set apart by God and by the Holy Spirit to work for our aid, to work for our favor. And that imagination is the visibility of things according to how God has revealed them to us. Praise the Lord Jesus. Double-minded people receive imaginations from unsanctified spaces and sanctified spaces. That's what the Bible calls double-minded. You Im- because when I say think, again, I want to reiterate and tell you that thinking is the same as imagination because you think in images. Do you understand what I'm saying? Human beings think in images. If somebody says, you're going to die, what comes in your picture is death. You, You get a picture. You're an imaginary being. Somebody say hallelujah. And that's how God has created you and I. So third purpose is imagination. Are we clear to that level? Now I'm going a bit deeper here. God has sanctified our imagination. You know that there's a drop of holiness as we imagine because of the nature and seed that you and I inherited in Jesus Christ. We don't have vain imaginations anymore. Or at least we're not supposed to have vain imaginations if you assume you can have. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know many people don't understand what it means to be a new creature. A new creature. For example, when the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish. When the Bible says should not, (laughs) there is a divine command that allows a man not to. Do you understand what I'm saying? He didn't say may not. He didn't say could not because then he puts the ability in the man. Okay? He says should not. It means it's his affair to say you will not die. Hallelujah. You will leave. Somebody say I will leave. When you became born again, it got out of your hand to be a success. It got out of your hand to live or not to live. No, it goes in the hand of God. He only asks you for one thing. Allow him. How? Believe. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, for I have fainted if I had not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Amen. Say amen again. Now, many people are under this evil disease. Double-mindedness. It's a sickness of spirit. If you want to know how men are sick. You know, many people think disease is just bodily issues. Okay, There are many other ways men are sick and they know not. You remember like in Exodus I think it's chapter 6, where he speaks that he has seen an evil disease that is common among men. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He says that of whom the Lord has given what? Wealth, wisdom, and what? And honor, so that that man wanted nothing for his soul. For all he desires, yet God giveth him not the power to eat thereof, but a stranger eateth it. And this is vanity, he says, and it is an evil disease. Now, the Bible there. By the let me also first correct you. When the Bible says, "Yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof," it doesn't mean that God is the one who denies the man the power. The Hebrew language does not have a causative clause. It has. It, it does. It doesn't know how. I mean, it, sorry. It, it does not. Um, It cannot explain a causative clause from a permissive clause. So it has more of many causative clauses which should be appearing as permissive clauses. You understand? So it's not God saying that, like like the Bible says, I shall put this sickness on you. No, God cannot put sickness on you. Because the Bible says God cannot tempt, neither tempteth he any man with evil. Am I clear? Praise the Lord. So, if he cannot tempt you, neither tempteth he any man with evil, he, when the Bible says he shall not put this disease on you, it, it means he shall, he, shall uh, he says, I'll put this diseases on you. For example, God says, I'll put this disease on you. It's not that God is going to put disease on you. No. It means he will permit disease to come on you. But it's not the cause of disease. Who is the cause of disease? Satan. And many people, because of that delusion, there are many things that happen to them and say, ah, God is dealing with me. He has allowed sickness. He has, no, he has brought sickness on me to humble me. (laughs) He is the father of spirits. When you became born again, your spirit was reactivated, active and given life. Because he's a God of spirit, he does not chastise bodies with whom carry spirits. Why should he beat your body when you have a spirit? He chastises our spirits. The chastisement of a man's spirit is different from your understanding of chastisement because God knows the flesh is an enmity to the spirit. So why should he discipline what is an enmity to the spirit? It cannot turn and be in favor of the spirit. The flesh will never favor the spirit. Why should he discipline what is already by nature corrupt? Remember the children of God in the flesh. Children of Israel in the flesh. The more God punished them, the more rebellious they became. Because they were men of the flesh. You can never put the flesh to subjection except by the spirit. Hallelujah. That is why he says if you by the spirit will kill the transactions of the body. So God's discipline is not to your flesh, it is to to your spirit, if you're a new creature. And how does it discipline our spirit? Conviction. Somebody say conviction. God convicts. Hallelujah. Convicts. When you're not born again, he convicts you of sin. (laughs) And many people are born again, think God convicts us of sin. I'm sorry, that's not the truth. God convicts us of righteousness. Do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because he counts not sin on you. He does not impute sin on you. So he can't count and convict you of what he counts not on you. When you become funny with him, he imputes righteousness. That's what David says. Blessed be the man of whom the Lord, but we are convicted. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why now the Bible says Christ is our law. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are not as they without the law. No. Now our law is Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me let me let me explain this. Some of you to understand this. When you became a new creature, the old is pastor, now the new. Okay? You are the righteousness of God in Christ. God sees you through the eyes of Jesus. And because God sees you through the eyes of Jesus, He has called you in Christ to be holy. Right? To be righteous sanctified, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he has called you into. Every time he looks through Jesus Christ, hallelujah, he sees you as his righteousness. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He sees you as his sanctified. He sees you as his holy one, for he shall not let his holy one see corruption, neither his soul rot in hell. He sees you as his righteousness. That's how he sees you. Praise the Lord Jesus. Because you're new, I'm going to qualify it in scripture. Paul says he has been made our wisdom, our righteousness, our redemption, our sanctification. He has been made our He has been made unto us. Hallelujah. Give me the amplified of that. The Bible says but of him are ye in Christ. He it says it is, for, it is from him that you have your life in Christ. Hallelujah. Somebody say I have my life in Christ. Whom God made our wisdom from God, revealed to us a knowledge of divine plan, salvation, privilege, and he didn't manifest itself as our righteousness. That's making us upright and putting us in right stand with God. Is our consecration, making us pure and holy. We don't make ourselves pure and holy. No, he makes us. That's why we can't glory in our strength. Because every time you look at how strong you are, you always remember, no, it is not me. It is him working in me. Hallelujah. And our redemption, providing our ransom from eternal penalty of sin. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Give me the message of the same. The message Bible says, everything that we have, what we have? Right thinking, right living, a clean slate, a fresh start. It all comes from God, by the way of Jesus. You have a clean slate. So God didn't look at you as unholy. Praise the Lord. Yes, you might have imperfections in your life, but he didn't look at you as unholy. I'll tell you why. Because if he looks at you as unholy, you will become unholy. There are two kinds of parents. You understand what I'm saying? There are two kinds of parents. There's a parent whose child will mess up in anything and then he'll slap the kid's head and tell him, you stupid boy, you. You understand? Why are you, why are you stupid? You're always stupid. And then there's another one who slaps his child like this. Bang! You're clever. Don't act stupid. Are we saying the difference? One has imputed righteousness. Another one has imputed stupidity. Do you understand what I'm saying? Even when you're dealing with your children, huh? deal with them that way. Huh? When a child brings a silly report, I have son, I have, uh, I have children that I took under me, right? They are like my son and daughter. Huh? So the other time they brought me results to their father, okay? They are like, I took them under. I have a few, They're about five or six. But there are these two particularly. They are my project. Eh? So <laughs> I asked for their results. Eh? And I said, I want to see your. your every time I make sure I check, eh? I follow through everything. So I started to look at their results, and I, I was not happy. They were having 70s, 80s. It's I... <laughs> <Is> the <that> truth. <laughs> I said, No. I was so sad in my heart. How could they have 70s? No, it's the truth. Unfortunately, I can't tell them to stand up because I don't want you to know them. So I, I, I looked and saw 80s, 87, 82. I, 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 I sat them down. With, I said, now you eh. Do you know how clever you are? How can you ashamed the gospel? Do you know who is in you? You're so clever. This is not you. This, this. this uh, 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 uh. We, we, I quarrelled with them for like 30 minutes, imputing righteousness and angry at the same time. The Lord is my witness. This time, one of them got an honor roll. So that was honor, honor roll. Something, something. It was like one of the best. Even the other one was rewarded the most improved student. Kukamba, they had. Some of you, your children, get eight and you lift them up. Ours, ninety-nine, hundred. That's why we want them. Hallelujah. <laughs> Head are not the tail. Above and not beneath. Upward and upward only. We don't want sub-results of 70, to eight. That's not us. Hallelujah. <laughs> but, even when I am retributing them, I, I, I make sure I speak to them According to who they are. You're too clever. I expect you to do better. You're too anointed. I expect you to raise this dead guy. You're too rich. I expect you to clear off this debt. You you understand? That is how God deals with us. He imputes righteousness on us. He imputes righteousness on us. You remember when he's come? He says when the spirit is coming, John. He will convict the world of what? Sin. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, because they believed him not. So those who believe, come on. What is the reason why God judges the world of sin? Is it because they have sinned? No, it is because they have what? Not believed. So when you believe, it does not count sin on you. He didn't convict you of sin. No, he convicts you of righteousness. No, you read the three. When he is come, go back, go back, go back up there. When he is come, hallelujah, verse eight. He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And the next verse says, of sin because they believe not on him. Now, us who believe, next verse, uh-huh, of righteousness, us who are born again, because he goes to the father. So he convicts you of righteousness. Then you find a Christian that says, I'm convicted of sin. As the devil, and that 's what Jesus came to take away. You to even sing the songs without knowing there's a hymn we used to sing, and they used to say he he washed away my sins and removed all my guilty stains. God doesn 't want you to hold. To, to hold yourself or to hold you on a guilty guilt spree. Some of you are too guilty to move ahead. That's why you don't even, God, you see, you don't even have results because every time you go to God, you go as guilty. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? When you go to God, you go as what? As guilty. The spirit came to take away guilt and maintain the conviction of righteousness. That will sort you out of weakness. But you see, many people don't understand this. Every time I hear people say, oh, the spirit convicted me of my sin. No, he convicts a man which does not believe of his sin. But you, he convicts you of righteousness. In words, this is where you are. I don't want you here. Not why are you here? Because this is who you are. God didn't, he didn't, he didn't rebuke you as a sinner. He speaks to you as a saint. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like you've been to families where certain people do things and a man says, mm, you have ashamed the family. Why? That is not who we are. We are this. And somebody lays the standard of who we are. That's who we are. Hallelujah. The Bible says that you are peculiar people. You're a rare priesthood. There's something about you that is different. Hallelujah. God didn't deal with you as a sinner. He deals with you as a saint. And the saint is always convicted to righteousness. When David saw your day, he says, Blessed be the man of whom the Lord imputed not sin, but righteousness. You know He forces it on you. He forces it on you. Parents, impute righteousness on your children. Wives, impute righteousness on your husbands. Husbands, impute righteousness on what? Don't say, Oh, no, Mukazi, Muziru, no, no, Mugezi, no. Mugezi, you understand? You see, you, you have to speak that way. You understand what I'm saying? Separate the person from what they are and understand that they can only do something silly, but they can't be silly. You'll see results. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen again. Hallelujah. Praise God. So anyway, back to the point I was trying to make here. So the point I'm trying to make is that when God looks at you, he sees you through the eyes of Jesus Christ. He doesn't see you as you are. Some of you, when you go to God, you also don't go, you don't go as in Christ and Christ in you. No, you go as, as you understand, even as they are praying, they say, God, I am coming as I am. No, that, listen, That listen listen that is the life of an unbeliever they come as they are you understand what I'm saying just as I am without one plea that that thy blood was shed for me listen to the sinner saying and that Thou beest me come to the
2: home of God, I come.
0: You see that? But now you, you are come. And to Zion. I don't know that making sense. You've come to Zion. Because you are come unto him, you are and two means you've received Jesus, and Jesus is in you. When you go to God, you don't go alone. There's somebody inside you. The mediator, the counselor, the comforter. He is inside you. You're not alone. You don't go to God alone. Praise the Lord. Uh, baby say, naked came I from my mother's womb, and it's my naked eye, shall I return? Yes, that is for people who are in the flesh. I, I, we are not going back to our... Uh, to, to the ground from the... You understand? We don't, we're not going back to the ground. No. Because we didn't come from the ground. Your body came from the ground. But your spirit did not come from the ground. He says the first man is of the earth, Afi. But the second man, he says, is the Lord from above. So when they say, He has returned to where God... Where he came from. No, 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 no. They've returned his body where it came from. But he's not in that body. He's in glory. Somebody say amen. Amen. Say amen again. Now, I was talking about double-mindedness. Some people, they yield to the unsanctified self and imagine things that submit them to being human. And then on one side, they also imagine with a sanctified mind, the things that makes them God beings. I, I hope you're not sorry to be. Ye are gods. You know that. Because you're children of God. Hallelujah. Christians want to be monkeys when they're ch- children of God. I don't get it. You understand what I'm saying? That's not how God has called you. If cows produce cows and dogs produce go- dogs and, 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 and chicken produces what? Yes, what is, what is God supposed to produce? God. And you're sorry. Ah, don't, don't say that thing. We are only but dust. <laughs> I'm not but dust. Hallelujah. So, many yield. Let me explain something I never want you to forget. Let's open James chapter 4. The 7th verse. The Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God. I'm going to explain to you who a double-minded man is and how to be of one mind, okay? The Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves to God. Submit yourselves to God. Yield your, your faculties unto God. Hallelujah. Resist the devil and he will flee. Next verse says, draw nigh to God. Now I'm going to show you something. Draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. The Bible says, Cleanse your hands, coma, ye sinners, semi what? Hold on. And purify your hearts, coma, ye double minded. Ye double minded. It's as though he's saying, When a man is double minded, their hearts are not pure, and they are sinners. Which sin? That which is not done in faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And their hands are unclean. So God tells us, draw nigh. Draw nigh unto God. And he will draw nigh unto you. Come near him. Praise the Lord Jesus. Let me go a bit deeper here. If you read Exodus chapter 2 verse 11, there is a misinterpretation. the things of the spirit in there and i'm going to explain it the bible says it came to pass in those days when moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens and he spied an egyptian smiting an hebrew one of his brethren and the next verse says and he looked this way and that way and when he saw that there was no man he slew the egyptian and hid him in the sand okay and when he went out of the second day praise the lord behold two men of the hebrews strove together, and he said to him that did the wrong, wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And the next verse says, and he said, who made thee prince and judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killed the Egyptian? In you know, words, when he killed the Egyptian, he thought nobody saw him. Kumbe, they what? Praise the Lord. They what? They saw him. They already see you. Now, the Bible says, and Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. And the next verse says, and now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian and he sat down by a well. Now, do you hear that narration? Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh because he heard that Pharaoh was looking for him. And so, when many people read that many the scriptures in themselves are not the problem it's the way how people interpret it some people read that scripture and interpret it like Moses feared Pharaoh and ran away because that's how it looks like but it's not so he just fled from the face of Pharaoh and I'm going to explain that Hebrews 11:27 The Bible says, by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. He didn't fear the king. Moses didn't fear the king. He didn't run away because he feared the king. Uh-uh. If, you con- if you combine these two, you'll see the reason. He fled from the face of God and he saw him who was invisible. Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh because he saw the invisible God. He did not flee from Pharaoh because he feared to be uh, uh, slain by Pharaoh. No, he he did not fear. Oh, they are going to kill me, then he flees. And many people think so. But the man of faith looks through the windows of the spirit. Hallelujah. And window represents revelation. He looked, and, and, and that's what many things have. That's why many of you, you're still stuck. <laughs> because you, God is telling you, um, try me, test me, and I'll open for you the windows of heaven and I'll pour out a blessing. Many of you think that windows, windows, is, he, he, they are, they are, he's going to open a spiritual window and then throw your gut, you understand? And pasteurized milk and meat, you understand? From the slaughter, and then they all fall follow you, you, say, ah, I'm overwhelmed. No, that's not. Praise the Lord Jesus. You remember the Malachi? Bring ye all tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now where we, we said the Lord of hosts. And I'll, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, and there shall be no room enough. Now, the word they pour out a blessing. If you read the literal Hebrew, it is a source of blessing. He pours out a source of blessing. God doesn't want to give you money because you taste. No, He wants to give you a source of money. You see what I'm saying? You you get where I'm coming from? So when he says that I'll open the windows of heaven, and I'll pour you out a blessing, and there shall be no room enough for it, what does he mean? It means that a man who tithes, are you hearing me? God reveals himself to him. And out of that revelation, blessing flows. And out of that blessing, the room is filled, and it overflows. Many people miss that. It is so hard for a man to walk in revelation when they are not givers. Some have become grace preachers and they say, ah, we are under grace, we don't tithe. They don't even give above tithe. They don't tithe at all, they don't even give. And they are broke as hell. Not even church mice, no, as hell. And they still insist on their silly doctrine. Abraham was the first tither. He didn't do it under the law. No, no, read your Bible. Abraham was the first tither, isn't it? Did he do it under the law? Had Moses yet come? You get where I'm coming from? The law, listen, tithe has nothing to do with the law. Nothing to do with the law. So who told Abraham to give a tenth? Revelation of the Spirit. The tithe is that suckered. Oh, I don't see it in the New Testament. No, no. You just refuse to see it. That is why when he's talking to the, to the, to the Pharisees, he tells them, you do good to do tithes and mints and mints. Of, of. All of these things you do good, but don't leave out others. Did you hear Jesus say, you do good to do this, but don't leave out others. He, he said, you even tithe. It is good to tithe, but don't leave out others. This is Jesus saying, How, which Bibles do people read? Me, Amanda grace. And they are poor. Grace people give above tithe. They don't go below 10th. You don't, don't do it. Tell anybody, never do it. Don't ever go below. I, I, am, I, am I clear? What he releases, you see, and, and this is funny. The man has given his tithe. And God says, I'm not going to give you back a million shillings because you gave 10,000. That's stock exchange. That's betting. I'm not at sports better. I'm not a gambler. No, no, no. When you give, he says, I will open the window of heaven. How I'll give you the revelation you need for your next blessing. Because every revelation comes with a certain blessing by precedence of a principle. But you're dealing with a generation that wants to float all spiritual principles and welcome miracle money. That's witchcraft. That's witchcraft. Hallelujah. That is what? Witchcraft. If it has appeared and you're not a giver, you're a witch. And you need, I'm telling you, these things are happening in churches. Miracle money is falling. Miracle money is falling. And, and you look at the guy and say, okay. So you're going to float the spiritual principles because you expect miracle money. That is witchcraft. That is not how we increase. It's instruction. Paul says, I know how. To be full and how to abest So I'm instructed to be full and to be. Ab- I am instructed in everyone, in every place. I am instructed. Increase is instruction. Financial increase is not a, it's not a mistake. Like divine health is not a mistake. Praise the Lord. Faith. 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 Uh, Faith. And they fall down. And then they scream, miracle (laughs) money. So did you see how blessing comes? Windows of heaven. Pour out a blessing on you. Revelation. You see, many people don't understand. That these things. The Bible is very clear. The revealed things belong unto you. The revealed things. God just wants to send you revelation. He sent his word and healed all disease. He sent a word to Jacob and it lit Israel. A word. It begins with a revelation. If you don't flow in the spirit of revelation, you're going to do everything on you. And you'll be the same old Patricia and presence. You understand what I'm saying? No offense if your name is among the ones I. No offense. But you understand what I'm saying. Revelation: You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. There is no shortcut. The windows. Hallelujah. One time, I'll tell you the story I've said it before once or twice. One time. I was in a vision. And then, I'm in a very old dilapidated building, very wasted and worn out. And Jesus appeared. And there were two disciples in the corner. I could see one was Peter, the other one I think I'm trying to pull the name. And, and, well, you can sense it. Okay? You don't need to believe me, by the way. eh? If you don't believe me, at least believe the miracles. So, Oh God. And so Jesus comes into that room. And I was standing like where that black box is. And he looks at me. Smiles. Goes. Shakes the hand of one guy. Hugs them. And they talk for about 30 minutes. And after talking again. huh? He comes again. Looks at me. Smiles and goes out. Now ah, dude. Me you didn't talk to me. Am I a sinner? You understand what I'm saying? You see, ignorance is a bad thing. I almost missed out something very pivotal for my ministry. Ignorance is a bad thing. Because I saw him hug and shake a man's hand and talk with him 30 minutes and leave me on the door, I felt he had abandoned me. I said, now, what sin have I done? <laughs> and when he was afar off and I'm angry, I turned back to this building, and I realized these two guys have disappeared. And in that building itself, in a top corner of the right, there was a small window. And that window had all sorts of stone. Most beautiful things I've ever seen. And gold was the best. That means all these other precious stones were put into the gold. So the surrounding of that window was gold and I could see, you know, uh, red garnets, green garnets, I could see topaz, I could see all kinds of stone, beautiful silver, diamond, and all these things, they were all beautiful stone around, okay? And then the light hit from there from heaven and I could see it hit through that window. It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And then out of there I came out of a vision. And I started now to ask God, what minister thou this? What minister? I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. And this is something amazing. In that prayer, seven months later, I am walking, and and all of those months I am praying, God reveal. What were you telling me? What were you telling me? Seven months later, I switch on the TV set, and somebody is sharing something about the window of revelation. And I say, wait a minute. I went through the Bible. I opened scripture upon scripture and I studied and I realized, ah. And while in that time, I remember that day. He came and told me in a loud, very clear voice and told me from today. For some I'll shake hands. For some I'll hug. Some will feel it on their skin. But for you, I'll always confirm my anointing and presence with you by the spirit of revelation. As you teach, power will appear. He told me, even as while you're still preaching, power will come. So from that day I know that for me the confirmation of the affirmed conviction of his presence, I don't need to touch or feel revelation. The moment it springs out in my spirit, I know he's there. Hallelujah. That's why it's hard for me to write seven points to preach. No, I'm an action preacher. Why? Because I minister as I hear the spirit. I I don't limit him on what I think I read. Because my personal revelation might not be beneficial to you. The land spirit. Hallelujah. Knows how to speak a word to him that is weary, Because it must discern both the know how. And it also must discern the what must be spoken in the season. I must be relevant to you. That is why sometimes. As I go deeper in teaching. You see people vibrating off chairs. For me, that's how he confirms his presence with me, revelation. I don't need a touch, a handshake. I don't need to hug him. He, He has hugged me before. That's fine. But now I'm at the level where even if he did nothing and just revelation fell in my spirit, that is always a confirmation of the affirmed conviction that his presence is with me always. Now, if I'd gone with the emotional indifference of God, how come you touched the other one? You touched the other one, but me, you didn't touch me. I would have lost. Oh. Some of you, you you're not going to receive touch. You're not going to be hugged. No. You're going to be reading the Bible. And the light will go on. And you're like, oh my goodness. That's it. At it particular point seize the moment and start speaking in tongues edify yourself build yourself up in your most holy faith and say Makaraba, hallelujah somebody now what sustained Moses for 40 days let's go back to Hebrews eleven twenty-seven. what sustained Moses for 40 days he endured because he saw one who was invisible now if you read the greek word for seeing horao the greek word horao it means he perceived he saw with the mind and that's amazing he saw with the mind he saw with his mind there was nothing spiritual like some of you think it was. That's the word herao, Seeing him who is invisible. That means he he's saw so with his mind. He, it's, it's the place where the mental faculty is engaged to imagine. That's what it means. Some of you think that he had a certain visible thing. Eh? Wow. No. No. He didn't have an experience. No. He just entered imagination and tapped God. That's drawing nigh. He drew nigh. Oh, he, See, double-mindedness is when your mind is with God and it's of God. You understand? It's with God and it's of, your, it's, it's of God in one situation. It goes in your circumstances and what you're going through. But when you... Oh, I wish somebody understands what I'm saying. That scripture, to see... Thank you, Haral. He says, to see with the eyes, to see with the mind. How, do, what is, how does a man see with the mind? Imagination. That means he imagined God and the moment he imagined God, God appeared. How do I know God appeared? He disappeared from the face of Pharaoh and appeared before the face of God. You remember Aaron and Miriam? God asks them, are you not afraid to talk about my servant Moses? He says for when i speak to prophets i speak to them through visions and dreams but that is not so how i speak with moses for i don't speak with moses through visions and dreams he says i speak to him face to face the bible says he beholds my very countenance.' so when the bible says a man saw god it means that that man fully imagined god that's why men are led away from the simplicity which is in the gospel they want spiritual experiences. They want to get into the room and a bright light comes and angels appear. Ah, uh, I swear they might not come. <laughs> and many of you have failed to touch God because you're waiting for an experience where an angel will appear and Jesus will come in his face. And you say, I saw Jesus. Oh, you might wait forever. You might wait forever. You might wait forever. You might sit forever and never get an experience Let me tell you. If you seek God for an experience, he won't grant it. Or if it's granted, it might come from another source. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because God has not called you to seek him for experiences. He has called you to seek him for who he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs 18.20, the message version tells you very clearly that words feed the mind. You don't need, they satisfy the mind. You don't need to to have a visitation of God. No, you just need to read the Bible and know who he is. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Imagine it. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. Imagine it. You understand? He's the beginning and the end. He's Rafa, Rohi, Sidukenu, your righteousness, Nisi Obana. The moment you read it and put it in you, you've seen him. You don't need a divine visitation to get slain like some of us had to. Some of you think it's glorious to have visions. It is glorious to have visions. But it's more glorious to see him face to face. Me, he had to slay me for hours to get my attention. You don't need to be slain for hours to get his attention. The word is available and we behold like in a mirror. The what? The glory of God. And we are metamorphosed. Hallelujah. We are transfigured into his very own image. In ever increasing splendor. From one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord. Who is the spirit? And the words that I speak to you. They are spirit. And they are truth. Get it? He says it's held in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee? Who imagines you. So, Moses killed an Egyptian. And then, instead of of having a spiritual visitation, he began by just imagining God. And when he imagined God, this is how you know a man has seen God. They seek solitude. Wilderness right away. Wilderness right away. Wilderness. Remember Jesus? The moment he experienced the leading of the Holy Spirit, the moment he had the experience of the Holy Spirit ready to lead, he separated himself into the wilderness. Because every man who has seen God seeks for solitude. If you're still lonely when you're in your house, you have not seen God. (laughs) Somebody say amen. If If you're still lonely, you have not seen God. When a man sees God he will want to be alone. They will seek him. He will not seek company because every moment with him is precious. Moses did not arrive at the experience of seeing God because he went to a prayer mountain. He had just killed a man and he imagined God and God carried him into the wilderness. I don't know whether you got it. He didn't need to prepare 40 days of fasting. He didn't to, to, to put food on the table. No. He, he had just killed a man. And then he drew back a bit and imagined God. And the moment he imagined God, the Bible says he fled from the face of Pharaoh. That's the distinction of solitude. When you are alive unto God, you disappear from men. You understand what I'm saying? When you are alive unto God, you disappear from your enemies. He fled from the face of Pharaoh. He was not—he was not afraid of him. No, but the face of Pharaoh had no consequence on him anymore. Why? Because he stood before a face, which is the face of God. When you see God, you flee from the face of men. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Some of you are everywhere. Kampala Road, you're everywhere. <laughs> Do you realize, many of you, when you went through wilderness experience, you, f- you disappeared from people's faces? People said, but these days you're so lost. Do you know from the time you start to know God, there are people who walk around Kampala, but they will never find you? But when you are in the world, ma, ma, the other way around, you found them if they didn't find you. But when God starts to separate you, some people will disappear away from your face. When you see that you don't see your friend anymore, sometimes don't look for them because you don't know why God caused you. Paul was no more in Damascus. He fled from the face of Damascus and went to Arabia. After Arabian experience. He comes back to Damascus. He's another man. He goes to Jerusalem, speaks to Peter and James, and everybody knows. He tells you this gospel was not preached unto me by any man. I did not confide them which were in Jerusalem. No, I went to Arabia. Why was there seeking of consecration? Because when you disappear from the faces of men, you will appear before the face of God. Some of you, you're too alive to men that God can't can't see you. Draw nigh unto him and he will draw nigh unto you. In other words, you avail, will go, I mean seek the place of solitude with him. He will be more real and appear more real to you. And the more he appears to you, double-mindedness dies. Because every time your eyes are set on him, hallelujah, he tells you set your eyes on things above. Set your eyes on things above. You know, at every situation that happens in your your life, the first thought that comes to your head, God. They give you bad news. What does the Bible say? You understand? The doctor gives you bad news. What does the Bible say? Why? Because you are alive unto God. You are awake to the consciousness. You you don't vacillate between the opinions of men and the opinions of God. You don't even give a mind to what the doctor says. I don't care how bad the doctor has said it It is. Hallelujah. Your eyes still go back on him. How? Imagination! So simply put, Harau, by faith, Moses Imagine God. And the moment he imagined him, God carried him into the wilderness. 40 days. And the Bible says, and he endured. He, was, he endured 40 days. In other words, he went through, because the number, you see, 40 was it 40 years? 40 years, yes. The number 40 means trial. How many of you know that? Trial. In other words, he endured the trial because he was seeing him who was invisible. Many of these things you're dealing with, it's because many of you are so alive to the world. The issues you're going through are not the problem. No. The problem is you're too alive to. To them. They tell you have cancer. You're too alive to cancer. It kills you. Oh, you have had disease. You're too alive to have disease. You die. But a man who is alive unto God, what is Cancer. A man who is alive unto God, what is sickness? A man who is alive unto God, what is poverty? Can Jesus worry when he can speak to a, to a fish and it makes gold, it makes gold. And he pays both the taxes of him and Peter. Many of you have failed to use the gate of imagination because you're waiting for spectacle experiences, spectacular experiences. You're waiting for spectacular experiences. You want to first have a light in your room and then you say, God visited me. You don't need a light. You don't need an angel. You don't even need a candle. Hallelujah. What you need is the word of God. Somebody say amen. Now I want to finish. I want to finish. I want to finish. Last week I taught something, Elisha. Does it occur to you And I remember telling you that the servant saw this guy surrounding Elisha? It is because Elisha I don't know whether some of you will believe me, but let me try. Let me show you how angels are summoned. Let me give you an example of how angels are summoned. Hmm? Let me give you an example. There are five angels around there. Five. They're standing there. On my right. Okay? Have you seen what has happened? Did I lay a hand? Did I lay a hand? How have they appeared there? This is how miracles happen. That's how signs and wonders happen. You get my point? Because I see the invisible. How do I summon? You see, faith is interesting, it is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I avail that evidence as to the revelation of Jesus. Why? Because I read Genesis. These people having one language and one speech. Nothing shall be restrained from them which they imagine to do. The moment I imagine them there, they appear. You, you want to pray them there. Pray. Pray. I'm going to pray. I don't need to pray. Praise the Lord. If I imagine them anywhere, they will appear there. <laughs> because I've exercised my senses. I have walked this world for so long that I'm acquainted with the bulwarks, the citadels, and the streets. He says, Walk about Zion, for you shall have a message for your generation. Many of you don't have messages for your generation. Because you have not walked in the spirit. You have sat for too long. You are living in places you don't walk. I pray one day I show you how to sit. Walk and run in the spirit. Because the spirit quickeneth. But the flesh profiteth nothing. Do you understand what I am saying? Moses. Just killed a man. And he imagined God. And immediately. Immediately the moment he imagined God, the reality of God hit his face and he says, I must go for separation. Do you see where it began from? It began from an imagination and the experience came. It didn't begin from the experience for the imagination to take form. No, it began from the imagination and the experience took form. Nothing they imagined shall be impossible, shall be restrained or held back from them. Give me the Hebrew word there for restraint. It shall, not be, it shall not be held. It shall not, nothing. And that's what the Bible says. That's how we access. The moment you put your imagination into something, through the eyes of the word, okay? The eyes of the word, when you see, when you put your imagination through the eyes of the word, that is what I call sanctified imagination. Some of you want to imagine without the word. I did that because I gave you the foundation scripture of where I came from. It's vanity to imagine without the word. If you imagine without the word, it's unholy imagination. It's fixation and vanity. But when you imagine through the word, your imagination is sanctified thank you nothing shall be restrained fortified fenced inaccessible there is nothing they won't access because they imagine it through the word you see now the power of God is moving he confirms his presence with me through revelation you see what I'm saying what happens in the middle no man can explain but while I'm preaching he appears As revelation goes deeper and deeper, he appears. The more he's revealed, the more he appears. You see what I'm saying? Now I want to finish with this. Some of you are believing to access certain things. But you've not learned how to move with a sanctified imagination. Simple. Get the word of God concerning that thing you want. And when you read the word, create... The wildest imagination according to that scripture. You understand what I'm saying? For example, when the Bible says, greater is he which is in you than the devil in the world. Create an imaginative picture, for example, of something coming out of you and demons are bowing down. That is called meditation. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is called what? Meditation. Creates. Some of you are sick. If the Bible says, by his stripes ye were healed. Okay? Create the most beautiful picture of you walking in divine health. Imagine the day you are most healthy. And then create an image of a more healthier state than the day you are most healthy in life. And then, in your imagination, start to do things people who are healed do. In your imagination. You will find that your body will start to do the same things. Because where you go in your imagination, you will go in the body. That is why God makes you dream. Because he robs you of purpose and pride. To seal instruction in you. So the Bible says, Because he needs your mind working. You refuse it. He says, okay, let me dream. He says, he opens their ears that he might see instruction while they're asking. Are you seeing what I'm saying? He seals instruction. And when that instruction comes, it comes in your dream as visions. I dreamt. Even the devil, before he attacks some of you, if it ain't come in your thoughts when you are awake, He will come in your dream. And the Bible says, while men are asleep, he sows what? Tears. When they are asleep, he sows tears. Because he knows he needs your mind. It is the strongest faculty that you have on you. Image. Even Jesus, to be believed, he had to be the express image of the invisible God. If he was not the express image of the invisible God. He would not function. He didn't have access on the earth to function fully. To execute the price of salvation. He had to come in flesh. Because every seed. The Bible says needs a body. And he was the seed of David. Praise God. Do you know right now. You can walk from the first dimension of the spirit to the fifth dimension of the spirit right now? Did you know that? Do you know you can? Do you know right now in a few minutes you can walk from one level of glory into another level of glory? Why? Because you have the reason. The sanctification is through the word. I've preached to you the word. Am I making sense here? Now, a few things might happen. Don't be shaken. eh? Okay? Don't interrupt God and don't fear. Because some things walk out of order to get in order. Praise God. Now I want to pray with you because it's time. (sighs) Exercise your spirits. Somebody speak in other tongues. Now, if you're not speaking in tongues and you're in this room, they are coming now. another tanks
2: As Jesus walk. my friend
1: Jesus. Receive everything you imagine. Power, 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 power,
0: power, power. Receive it. Yes, it will happen. Nothing is inaccessible for you. Imagine your success. Imagine your breakthrough. Imagine revival. Imagine God use you among nations. Oh! Oh! You will endure. Listen. Listen. God anointing some people here for service because I can see your imagination is serving God you will stand before the most unimaginable doors take it in the name of Jesus favor follows you Ezra put up your hands receive it. Power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Pastor Dan, I need to pray for you. Come, come, come. Receive it.
2: Power of the Holy Ghost. Jesus. Receive it, Jesus, receive it, you're my friend forever, receive it, receive it, Jesus, receive it.
0: your hands to Jesus I feel the anointing eh? is somebody feeling it I'm feeling it I'm feeling I'm feeling I am feeling something put up your hands somebody I need to leave it with some of you because if I don't I won't sleep Holy Spirit Holy Spirit Lord somebody now power of the Holy Ghost receive it Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. I I hear greatness. 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 Power of the Holy Ghost. Receive it. Oh my God. We're going somewhere. Somebody clap your hands for Jesus. You're going somewhere, you have a story, you have a destiny, listen, I have a word, there are people here who feel like nothing has happened out of the natural for so long, this was your service. This was your service. Some of you even feel too old to be used. God is going to amaze you. For some of you, it's the beginning of many great days. The other day I was reading. Somebody sent me a small line and they were showing that researchers from Harvard have shown that in the next 10 years the countries that are going to grow most in the world are India and Uganda and I said yes, 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 it's the gospel. We used to tell you, you remember? Many years ago we used to say, one day they will say the most developing nation is Uganda. They say the next ticket, Uganda. Oh, research proves that the next ten years our economy is going to be one of the fastest growing it's not by power not by might it is the Word of God you remember the days we said that one day Uganda will be up there the gospel is taking us there tell your neighbor our future is glorious thank you Jesus I want to do one thing before we close Is there anybody here and you're not born again and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Put up your hand and we pray with you. You want to be born again today? You want to receive Jesus today as your past. Wow, wow. Lead them here. Encourage them to come here. Please don't move out, those of you who are in. Let us give opportunity for people to get born again. Then you can move out. People who are outside, I salute you. I think I'll put a screen for you next time. Is that okay? If you're coming to jesus come and receive jesus as your lord and
2: say stand here
0: ask your immediate neighbor if they're not but again. just give me two or three minutes today i've finished so early it's just nine usually i finish nine thirty. Those who are coming, please hurry. Come, hurry. Wow. Somebody, somebody clap for Jesus. Project unchurched. Who is promising to bring somebody next Thursday? Namwe, you don't lie. I imagine you not lie. Put up your hands. Father, I pray because those that win souls are wise. And those that draw your own to the presence are wise. Bless them in Jesus' name. We'll bring more seats. Is that okay? Even if it needs to put an overflow, we'll put it for you. Because there are many people standing outside there. I'll look after you next Thursday. Alright, those of you who have come to to give your lives to Christ. I want you to repeat these words after me. You know, every time I see young people come to God, I, I feel like crying because there is hope for our nation. There is hope for our nation. Repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Today, I believe in my heart that you died and rose again, and you were raised for my justification. Today, I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. The message you have just heard was brought to you by funero ministries international for more information contact us on telephone number 041-46-4291 or email us at funerocampala at gmail.com you can also find us on the web at www.funero.org or better still Feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at UMA Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestreamcom Fenero. Fenero, make manifest.